Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. The London Museum, the Victoria and Albert Museum, they're hoping to recruit a Taylor Swift supervan. This is to join their staff and to help advise them on all things Taylor Swift related. They're looking for insights into the culture and craftsmanship behind the Taylor Swift fandom. All of the Swifties out there. What is it about Taylor Swift? That's why they're looking to hire somebody to work as an advisor. It's just, it's it's absolutely incredible. But um, Jessica Spencer is a spin presenter. She's a Taylor Swift super fan though. Jessica's with me in studio today. Have you applied yet? Um, I haven't yet, but I am definitely thinking about it because the applications are closing today. So really want to get on this and make sure that the application is in because can you imagine anything better than working about something to do with Taylor Swift? What is it about her, Jessica? You know what? I think when I was 15, I remember her coming out with her country music and it was all about being a teenager and then she moved into pop and she got even more fans and then she moved into folk indie music and now she's done so many different genres that everyone is just everyone has an album that they can relate to and there are lyrics where she's gone through so much with her relationships like her mother having cancer. She's written about all this and there's so much that you can relate to no matter what stage of your life you're in at this so, point. So is it the lyrics for you? Like is that where you sort of have a, you know, a connection or you see the likability about her? Yeah, I think it's the lyrics. Like you hear some of them and they're just so powerful. Like in her song, Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, she says, give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. Like when you hear something like that, you're like, this woman has been through it and she can relate to you and... Like I find I go to different albums depending on how I'm feeling because some days I'm feeling a bit sad about my relationship, say, and then I'm listening to albums where she's singing about being sad in a relationship. But then when you're feeling really happy, you go to something like Lover where she's singing all about wanting to get married and how happy she is, you know? So so there's that one element of the connection. But how does she manage to, like like the hype around her? You know, like, and even we saw a lot of that through the NFL two weeks ago and, and Super Bowl and all of that. But like, how does she manage to rally the troops in the way that she has? Because she has an incredible loyal following. Well, I think it started in 2019 because then she announced that she was going to re-record her first six albums. So the masters for her first six albums were actually bought by a guy named Scooter Braun. And she said that he had bullied her. So he now owned the rights to her music. She didn't. So she said, I'm going to re-record these albums. The following year, while she was re-recording the albums, she also released her two folk indie music albums. So then people were suddenly going, oh, there's more to her than just the pop music Mm. and singing about the boyfriends. At the same time as there was a lot of goodwill around her because she didn't own her own music anymore. And then she started releasing those albums and made them very current again. And it was just like this massive wave of people coming together for different reasons, suddenly loving her. And now she's at this massive point where she's selling out all these arenas and stadiums and nobody knew that was going to build to this level. But so many things happened at the same time for her. There's a kind, there's this real obsession though about her relationships, isn't there? Yeah, with the Travis Kelsey thing, everyone seems to be wanting to But even to prior to that as well, like there was always a sort of a fascination. I don't know if that's a media fascination in the States or what, but maybe it's from the fans too, is it? There was always a lot of discussion and talking points around the relationships that she she had. Yeah, like even with her album Fearless, she used to put little clues into who the songs were about 
in the lyric booklets. So she used to have all the lyrics written out in lowercase, but then she would capitalise random letters and that would give you a clue into who it was about. So she kind of played into that at the start, kind of getting people going, oh, is this song about her boyfriend Jake? Is it about Harry Styles? And then there was also these kind of rumours, I don't know how if you've heard about this, but there is a section of her fans who actually believe that she's gay and that she has been bearding with all of these boyfriends and they go through her lyrics in massive detail and analyse the clothes that she wears and like every single sentence that she says to try and see, is she actually hinting that she's gay? And right. any of these boyfriends aren't real. The, the the things like the handmade signs, the friendship bracelets, um, all of the other kind of, you know, the massive memorabilia that's associated with her, with the heiress tour, with previous tours that she's had. Like, is that where she sort of gets that kind of girl gang following as well? Like, particularly from that younger audience. Yeah, like there's this big thing of the friendship bracelets now. So she has a song called uh, You're On Your Own Kid. And in it, she sings make your friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. And that came out only a couple of weeks before she announced the heiress tour. And a lot of people started making friendship bracelets and getting in contact with different people going, hey, do you want to like meet up and we'll talk about Taylor Swift and we'll make friendship bracelets before we go to the Mm. tour. And then it just became this massive thing again where everyone suddenly wanted to make friendship bracelets and get in on it and start trading them at the gigs and kind of be involved in this friendship that's a big thing for the um, the younger audience though, isn't it, in particular? like, Yeah, a lot of kids, um, teenagers, they're getting yeah. involved making the friendship bracelets. And it's actually starting to spread to other people where like, if you go to a Jonas Brothers gig now, people are making friendship bracelets around the Jonas but sure, Brothers. But that's how Travis Kelsey made contact with her initially, isn't it? Of the friendship bracelets and his number. Yeah, he stuck his phone number yeah. on a friendship bracelet. It's and not just young, <laughs> the young fans that I should say either. Uh, Ellen Howley, Dr. Ellen Howley um, is with us too, Jessica, on the, on the line. Ellen's an assistant professor at DCU's School of English. Ellen, Jessica mentioned Taylor Swift's lyrics and, and songwriting. Um, does that make her stand out? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that people tend to agree on, whether they like her music or not, is that she writes a really great pop song. Um, People often talk about the bridges of the song and it's become a sort of thing in the fandom. But she does write good songs. And I think she's quite interested. She's interesting because she uses a lot of kind of literary techniques that we might see in other things like poetry and novels. And she's quite clever in how she approaches language and things like that so you know you get metaphors like uh, when I was drowning that's when I could finally breathe which is a very you know you could talk about how that person is feeling that they're only able to breathe once they're drowning or what she does a lot which I always find quite interesting is where she repeats the word she repeats the word twice in a sentence but it means a different thing the second time so an example would be Devils roll the dice, angels roll their eyes. So rolls being used in kind of different ways, which has a big fancy Greek term called antanaclasis. But my favourite one is definitely uh, her use of irony. So she's quite funny in her songs yeah. and quite fun. And she's well able to poke fun at herself. So in We Are Never Getting Back Together, she kind of says to the guy, you know, oh, go ahead and listen to some indie record that's much cooler than mine. <laughs> so, you know, she's like always able to kind of poke fun at herself and, and think about 
how she is being portrayed as well. So I always, I've always admired that about her. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan, fan Ellen? Aside from I I, am, talking about her kind of literary references, but but you're, are you yeah. Swifty? I am a Swifty. Yeah. Yeah. So probably a little bit, a little bit later to the game than, than Jessica. I mean, she mentioned kind of enjoying the country music. I do remember like Love Story coming out, and I liked that song initially, but. It's probably in the last like six or seven years that I'm a bigger fan, although I have been to Swift Again, which is an all Taylor Swift club night where they play Taylor Swift all, all night long, which was... She says uh, with interest. All, <laughs> yeah, they're on all across the UK and Ireland. And I went, I think it was on in the Grand Social in like November or something. And it was just the most wholesome fun you could have. I, I just loved it. Everyone was happy. Everyone was dancing. Everyone was singing. Yeah. It was great. Well, it's funny when you mentioned, you know, sort of becoming a, a um, your, a late uh, addition to the, the Swifty gang. I've only really started to kind of like her, Ellen. Not like her, but follow her and become a fan of her music, I'd say, in about the last 12 months. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what's changed because it was long before the Travis Kelsey and, and all of that. Sure. But I don't know what it yeah. is. I've warmed to her. Yeah, I, I do think she's been quite present um, in the last like three or four years. Jessica mentioned her uh, two pandemic pandemic albums, the fact that she's also re-recording all her old music so that she owns the rights to those tracks and so on. And um, she's, you know, kind of never off the news, both for kind of her professional life and, as you already mentioned, her her kind of relationship. Mm. So I think she's been there. She, she's kind of been around. And again, the songs are kind of catchy. She's getting a lot of airplay and the more people kind of look into her, I think they become sort of interested in her in her story. And she's very aware, I think, of the persona that she has, you know, so like that she can poke fun of it, but she can also kind of, I guess, maybe use it to her advantage yeah. in, in some ways I, as well. I, I do think that, Jessica, for me, it's probably, it was probably TikTok that really introduced me to her because I do find her quite humorous. Like she, she's, she seems like a bit of crack. Like, oh yeah, like she was posting things that you would think you were seeing on someone's close friends on their Insta yeah. stories, um, like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Recently, she was at Super Bowl party, and she posted that she had gone along. Her and Travis were there, and she was told to bring her family and friends along. So she brought her parents, and then they were kind of sat there while everyone else gone mad. Uh, having a wild time and she was like oh I'm, I'm with my parents at this party like, <laughs> and it was a bit awkward for her you know uh, Kate has gotten in touch to say here Taylor Swift hasn't reinvented the wheel it's all been done before strong independent women expressing their experiences through song look at Madonna Tina Turner Cher Whitney Houston Mariah Carey friendship bracelets have been around for decades as well get a grip Swifties says Kate Orla Condren pop culture journalist is uh, is with us as well Ellen and Jessica um, Orla is she really Really, that much better though than all of the uh, the mention, you know, all of the other artists that Kate mentioned. I mean, that comparison there, that that kind of idea of oh, it's been done before. Get over it. Let's let's look at the list of artists mentioned there: Madonna, Tina Turner. These are cultural. The, the cultural impacts that these women have had are massive. And to say that, like, oh, it's been done before, and you reference people who have changed the music industry and the culture and pop culture, then surely you're acknowledging that she is up there. I mean. I think one aspect of Taylor Swift that hasn't I agree totally with what both of the ladies said already, but one aspect I think why she's kind of garnered in quite a lot of new fans recently is this awareness of her business acumen and how strong of a businesswoman she is. The reforms she's made in the music industry, the changes she has made to streaming platforms. I mean, 
her, she is more powerful than some of the biggest CEOs in the music industry globally now. Well, and so, well Orla, sorry, whether you're a fan of Taylor Swift or not, she was named the Times, the Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Exactly. Look, I mean, there, look, there's, a, there's another debate about whether that was the right call. I don't want to get into it in case Swifties come after me. But <laughs> whether you like her music or not, there is just no way you can debate what she has built. Um, I mean, like, like you say, a lot of people are coming to her recently, finding her through TikTok, kind of loving her music. But a lot of the music that they're loving is music that was released kind of 10 years ago. So they, like, this stuff was out in the, in the ecosphere. This stuff was out there getting recognised. And this re-releasing of all of these albums and how she has pulled that into this era's tour and created this kind of, I don't know, this kind of time capsule of her of her career, of her music, but also of the life experiences of the fans who not only grew up listening to that music and have kind of leaned in on it for their own personal experiences, but also for people who are coming to it now, looking at her through these eyes of, you know, she's in her 30s, she's a businesswoman, she has changed so much about the industry. She has faced so much backlash. She takes it on the chin. She does not try and, you know, re-reach, like, she doesn't try and change the narrative. She embraces that narrative, uses it to her advantage, as Ellen said, mm. and then comes out with new music in different genres and really explores her kind of songwriting abilities. There was a tweet earlier this year that got a lot of um, attention, which was, if you locked Beyonce and Taylor Swift in a room on their own for an hour, Who's leaving that room with a number one song? And that's not to discredit Beyonce, but it is sure, it is purely just to highlight the talent with which Taylor Swift is as, as a songwriter and what she has created over a nearly twenty year career, um, and the, the kind of insurmountable pressures that she faced and criticism she faced throughout that career. And I say that is not a diehard Swiftie, just someone who respects yeah. her hugely. Do you know it's it's funny though because when people ask me like you know are you a Swiftie and I'd say no, I, I was never like I would never have described myself as that or a big fan and in the last I'd say 12 to 18 months I've you know started listening to her music uh, like I noticed when the Spotify you know list comes out with your top five she was my number one this year which I, I couldn't believe but I do sometimes wonder Orla is there just that sense that like it's the fandom nearly fuels itself you know like have I just bought into the hype? Is that definitely that's definitely a part of it. A hundred percent is a part of it. Her, you know, people discredit her because of her I put an in inverted commas long list of ex boyfriends. And they kind of, you know, dismiss her work as writing about these partners and kind of, you know, optimizing off those situations. Do not all musicians do that, kind of write about their experiences. And I think, you know, seeing TikTok and seeing how she's embraced TikTok, seeing her fandom use that the culture before the era tour of creating, you know, the bracelets and all the costumes. And I know it's a huge percentage of her kind of younger fans, but it's not just them. I only got served a video this morning of a man in his 60s who was bringing his daughters to the era concert in, in um, Australia last week. But he had, you know, disco ball stickers all over his bald head <laughs> and he was dressed in sequins. And, you know, you can dismiss it as, you know, young girls yeah. flocking at her feet. But there's more there. And I think... You can, again, you can not love the music. It can maybe not be your genre. You can maybe be annoyed about the fanfare around her relationship with Travis Kelsey. But I just think it's discrediting her unfairly to remove that from the success that she's built. Yeah, but you look at even the whole discussion around her, you know, influence in US politics as well. (laughs) I mean, it's massive. And it'll be very curious this year, going into the elections later this year, to see how she you know, I don't want to say weaponizes, but how she uses her influence. She she spoke about not, you know, be, be feeling disappointed that she didn't speak out in 2016 more, that she didn't vocalize more about 
her standing and her beliefs and use that platform. I'd be very, I'd be really curious to see how involved she gets in that conversation this year with the US election in October. The fact, Ellen, that um, uh, Victoria and Albert Museum are, you know, like, like there's, there is that recognition uh, in the UK of her stardom and, and the fanfare around her and they're now looking for, I mean, they're hiring a consultant. They want an advisor in to, yeah, to help them in all things Swifty. Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes to kind of cement her iconic status. I mean, again, like you mentioned, the list of names like Madonna, Whitney Houston, these kind of people. I mean, again, whether you like her or not, she is an icon. And as Orla has already said, made a huge impact in the um, music industry and so on. Um, The the position is kind of interesting. I was just looking at the, the ad myself. And they're actually hiring a number of different advisors. Have you uh, seen a salary anywhere? I, no, I couldn't find so a salary. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually it's down as a zero hours contract, which I mean, there's right, a whole okay. host of issues with that. But I think what I think the idea is they want fans in at ground level to um, uh, advise on the kind of fandom and mm. some of the other fandoms that they're actually hiring for include Crocs, drag, and emojis. So I didn't know that fandoms existed around these yeah, particular there you things. Go. But, Listen, um, are you going in June? I am. I have a ticket. Did you get tickets? Did you? I do. I do. I do. My friend was able to get them. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Shout out, yeah. To, shout out to Laura. Yeah. Well, if Laura has, if you for whatever reason can't go, tell Orla to give me a shout. What about you, Orla? Did you get some? I'm not, but I'll put the call out on air if anyone's selling a ticket. I'm happy to take it <laughs> off their hands. I, I, the FOMO is going to be unbelievable. At it. Even though we've seen it most of it through TikTok already, and I don't expect there'll be huge surprises. It feels so culturally important in the kind of music live touring space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if anyone, you, yeah, check, you, find me on Twitter. <laughs> are you going, Jessica? Well, not to brag, but I'm actually going to Dublin and Austria. Oh, stop it. Seriously. Yeah, I bought tickets for Austria before the Dublin ones went on date. <laughs> and so. this is why you are a super fan. <laughs> Jessica Spencer, Spin presenter, Dr. Ellen Hiley uh, from DCU School of English and Orla Condren, pop culture journalist. Thanks a million to you all for joining us here on Lunchtime Live today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.